Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. I'm Tammy Brown, and together my husband Matt and I founded Sandals Church with the vision of helping people to be real with themselves, God, and others. Out of that vision came a personal burden to inspire and challenge women to cultivate kindness towards one another. My heart for Cultivate is to come alongside women so that we can grow spiritually wise, relationally kind, emotionally healthy, and connected in community. This podcast is my way of inviting you to join me for real conversations about what God's Word has to say and what it looks like for us, real women, to cultivate it into our everyday lives. Always keeping in mind that we might not be where we want to be, but if we pursue this, we won't be where we were. All right. Well, let's continue on in this conversation we started last week or last episode, if you listen to this in the future, of just so many good questions on the Enneagram coming in from listeners. And so um, Tiff and I are still here, and we're going to finish this conversation. What? You got yeah. some more. I'm like, oh my gosh, this, these <laughs> questions, but they're so they're good. They're really good. Very, yeah. um, do we have some more? We do. So you, we ended the last episode kind of talking about the idea of being curious as a parent mm-hmm. um, when we're seeing certain, you know, tendencies in our kids. Um, and we're seeing a lot in the, the media right now, the news about the impact of social media on teenagers and particularly, but just chil- oh, children Lord. in general. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, and adult yes. and women. Well, definitely <laughs> it's a thing for all of us. Right. Um, but in particular, what would you say to parents? Like, because we, you had talked about, you know, kind of 18 is the marker for taking the assessment. But mm-hmm. as you're seeing these curiosity, you're observing these things about your your kids and you're parenting out of curiosity, um, are there certain types that are more prone to be impacted by this constant scroll and this comparison and watching what other people are doing and um, trying to play catch up and even just trying to identify and figure out who they are? As a parent, like what are some things that we could be watching for or even just speaking over our kids mm-hmm. as we're parenting through this very social media-driven culture? Wow, that is a really good question. I don't know that I have a, I don't know that I'll do justice to the answer that deserves, but I would say that there are a few styles I think that um, social media will impact maybe a little sharper than others. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, I think. The, I think you and I, I'm Mm 47-ish, almost 48. Um, You're 46. 46. Mm -hmm. I always think you're so much younger than me because you have the best skin. Um, (laughs) If you haven't seen Tiffany, she has such beautiful porcelain skin. Um, But you and I know the impact it has on us mentally, emotionally, and then even physically. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's affecting everybody pretty negatively Mm -hmm. in a way that we are unable to, um, that I know most grownups cannot regulate. Mm -hmm. And we're asking kids to do something that we can't ourselves do. But I would say when pertains to the Enneagram, it it will impact each of the styles differently in some um, more than others. In particular, I think threes, the achievers will see things happening on there, maybe in a particular light or way or how many followers someone has. And um, 
that comparison for them to achieve. Mm-hmm. No matter what, there's going to be someone on there that's more successful than you, has more followers than you, has a better time than you, a better score than you, a better income than you, a better car than you. <laughs> no matter what, mm-hmm. you're going to fall short. I think threes need to really be mindful of who they're following, what they're following, and the amount of time they're spending on there. Yeah. Fours, I think this will impact um, probably the most of all the styles in an adverse way because fours um, are going to have a tendency to see beauty everywhere else but them. Mm -hmm. So then you throw on the constant feed with the filter. With the perfectly curated setup to look like it wasn't set up or curated at all and compare it to their actual real life. I think fours will have a tendency to go very dark emotionally and and sideways internally Mm -hmm. if they are not um, vigilant about stewarding and their time on it and creating boundaries on it. I think that sevens can, uh, it will be a big distraction for. Um, that sevens can, and I'm not saying it won't affect the ones or the twos or the fives or the sixes. Um, but I'm just saying the ones that might, if you, if your kid is very high seven, playful and fun, they might avoid, um, dealing with things in real life by, I call, I always call, um, social media like portals. Like we grew up watching Harry Potter um, don't send me all the emails about them. I've gotten them already. <laughs> Matt and I've gotten them all over the years, but read the books with the kids. And, um, but we would joke that it's a portal. Like in Harry Potter, there, there were portals that would transport them into another world. Yeah. And I think that's what social media can do. You, mm. You're on it, but before you know it, like if, yeah. you, if you said, hey, check your screen time and it's like seven hours, right. you're in a portal for seven hours. I think sevens will avoid doing what feels painful and what they need to do. Mm. Um, nines, the same. Yeah. I think sevens and nines, social media can be a tool to avoid what what they need to do or what might seem painful and replacing it mm-hmm. with that. I think fives, um, for fives, I said fours, fives. I, I actually, now that I'm thinking of this, social media can be very dangerous. Fives are the most withdrawn uh, relationally. Mm-hmm. And so kids today that only know social media, they'll be totally out there online. And in real life, they don't know how to talk to people, relate with people, spend time with people. So I think for fives, it can be very dangerous too, who are the least relational to begin with. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it it, it can really um, inhibit them from from knowing how to interact with people. Yeah, because you're always. Fives are naturally, if you put them in a room, they're probably going to be around the perimeter anyway, like the wallflower. Yeah. Social media is a way to do that with the world. You're watching from the outside in and fives need to engage their life Mm -hmm. and and show up and they won't if they're so. I I think, you know, I I think social media is the worst. Myself, I feel like I'm half addicted to it myself. (laughs) Like sometimes I'm scrolling, I'm like, what? what am I looking at? Or I'm, I'm like, I'll go into a deep dive on someone I don't know. I'm like, but I don't even know this person or care about like- It's a time suck. It it's is. a vacuum. It yeah. is. And um, it is not 
I don't think it, it's making us better. I yeah. think it's making us worse in it's every true. regard. Um, but we can't stop it. It's mm-hmm. it's like we are addicted to it. We consume it. Yeah. We crave it. And now, um, like, I'll find myself, reach for my phone, just like I'm bored. Yeah. You, you look at um, people at a stoplight, like a yes. red light. Matt and I were on vacation this summer, um, and we were in a restaurant. And this probably two-year-old had a, t- a full-size like iPad in their hand with a string of headphones on, walking, looking at the iPad. And the dad had his hands on his shoulders, sort of directing like the kid couldn't even walk. And I think of this now when I go into Target and like every kid in the cart is on a device. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that they should never, yeah. but I do think that kids don't know how to, to like self- um, entertain, entertain anymore. Like yeah. I remember I grew up in Mammoth. It's like a six hour drive to here. My grandparents lived here in Riverside where we currently live. And I remember those drives and like the most stupid, but like fun, like looking for license plates or, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that or reading or coloring or being artistic or being mm-hmm. like having multiple outlets yeah. of entertaining yourself. And now it's like, from the smallest of age, it's just like, here's a screen. And the truth is, I get it. Yeah. I need you to be quiet yes. and let me get stuff done. Mamas, mamas, I get it. Like yeah. I I don't say this out of judging you, but I I want to caution you to think to pan out and think long term of what you're developing in your kids um, in that in that way. And, mm-hmm. and even like, I remember like, you know, social media came into a thing when like I was starting to have my son. Yeah. And I remember getting on it all the time, <laughs> you know, like, oh my gosh, Facebook is what they say. <laughs> yeah. Like, and now it's like, t- it's so many things. Yeah. Um, but I remember getting to a place where I was like, I have nieces and nephews that are a little older than my kids. So I got to watch them and how it went. Like, I remember them their phones just dinging all night long and waking up and responding or whatever. And I remember thinking like, these kids aren't even sleeping through the night. My kids aren't sleeping through the night and having to put some boundaries in place with devices and social media for them. My son was that kid. My son was, he got a gaming system at two years old and, you know, just all that. And he had such anger. And I'll tell you, I'll never forget. He must have been four or five years old. And we made him, he would get so angry if he lost and so angry if someone else took his his deal. And we made him like unplug his like PlayStation mm-hmm. and carry it up to our room to like take it away. And I'll never forget that day. That was the worst thing you could have ever done. And I'm telling you, a week later, my son, it's like we got him back. Yeah after week. So I don't, I'm not going to tell you what that should look like, but I, I think if you're not thinking about boundaries in some regard, when it comes to that for yourself yeah, and for your kids, um, some things are being fostered and developed and grown in them that you're not going to realize now, but it's going to impact them later relationally. Mm-hmm. And I do, I see that in my son. Yeah, My son can spend hours on TikTok and he's not cultivating any actual real friendships and and he's he is lonely yeah relationally 
And I think too, you know, as parents, if our heart is to, you know, cultivate spiritual growth in our kids mm-hmm. and have them, you know, turn to God, then that constant entertainment, like you lose the ability to, I mean, I think about this with myself, you use the ability to really be still mm-hmm. and then be still before God. Like, I think we have a whole generation of kids that don't understand what stillness feels like and mm-hmm. what it really is to like seek God in, the, in yeah. that quiet because there's just constant noise. Oh yeah. And just you're being sucked but even, in. Even the lie that, well, I'm following even let's yes. say cultivate women. Yes. I'm following cultivate women and right. they post a verse every day. That's not time with God. Right. That's like a Bible bullet. Yes. You know, or okay, so you spent five hours on TikTok today, but did did you have a quiet time? I don't have time for that. I Do you know. have time for what's important to you? And I think it's as parents part of our job at stewarding our kids spiritual growth is modeling and helping them develop the discipline spiritual mm-hmm. disciplines and part of that means i mean and un- not un- i don't know unfortunately unfortunately i don't know um the world we live in considering screen time considering social media what ages whatever is right for it comes into play and then throw on their type of personality. Yes. And um, it's it's going to impact them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a little bit of a shift. Um, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get a lot of questions about your wing as an Enneagram. Mm. And a lot of people make the assumption that your wing is like your second highest number. So if I score high seven, high three, they say I'm a seven wing three. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So talk about that kind of mistyping of your wing, but also like how your infl- your wing, when it's truly your wing, would influence what your primary okay, style yeah. is. That's a great question. I do think we hit on that in the first two episodes with Matt, with Matt and I. Mm-hmm. But um, here's your thing. Your highest numbers aren't necessarily your wings. It might be. But it's not necessarily. So when you're looking at your assessment, when you get it back, here's here's what how you want to look at that is you want to look at what is my highest overall score. Once you identify that, that would be what we consider your primary style. So on my highest overall score, I'm a six. I'm a hundred percent a six. I would say that's my primary style. Now, my next two highest scores are a two and a one, mm-hmm. but that, those are not my wings. They're just my next two highest scores that influence me. Mm-hmm. Most everywhere Enneagram only has you look at your high score. You're the one number and your wing. So a wing by nature is what's to the right or to the left of you. So you find whatever your highest score is, what's your primary style, and the numbers that are next to it are your wing options. So for me, I'm a six. My wing options are five or a seven. Yeah. Whichever is the highest of those two scores is your wing. So I am a six wing seven because Mm -hmm. seven out of five and seven, seven's my highest score. Mm -hmm. I'm a six wing seven with a high two and one is how you would say that. And here's why that matters. What that matters is seven, you can't think of the Enneagram as like a paint by number where it's just boxes. You got to think of it like a watercolor. So my seven and my six sort of bleed together, if you will, meaning that I'm going to bring some of the characteristics of a seven into my personality style. Some Enneagram people say it's like if, if my style were eggs, like 
your wing is like salt and pepper, like seasons, season, it gives you the flavor. Mm-hmm. Or if your style is your coffee, yeah, your wing is the creamer to your coffee to a certain degree. Maybe it's very little amount, maybe it's a lot. So it just sort of blends with you. So yeah. some of the way that my style plays out is um, sixes are very strategic. We're planners. We think of what could go wrong. We try to make when we're healthy, we do what could go right. I'm a huge event planner. I think that's how my my wing comes in is wing is the joyful person, mm. the party that lets have fun. Yeah. I'm constantly celebrating people, constantly wanting to plan things to celebrate people. Yeah. It sort of flavors me. Yeah. Um, mm. Now, at Sandals, Matt and I think it's very, very important to look at, we say, I mean, you, can, you can't, we can't say just look at all nine, right? Because you don't have a starting place. Yeah. And, and it would be foolish for me to look at my five and my nine. I mean, my, those, are, those are non-existent in me. Yeah. I'm not super motivated by peace. I'm not super motivated by being the most competent person in the room, the wise person. I'm not greedy in that. I'm not lazy. I don't need to try to think about those scores. But so we look at the top three, and I've said in other episodes that we say the Enneagram is sort of like a set of numbers to help find you, like an yeah. address to you. Yeah. So my six is 100%. My... If you're finding just my wing, I told you, you look at the numbers to the right or left of you. If you're a, a one, your options are a nine or a two. Um, that's sort of the, you know, if you think of it as in a wheel. Yeah. Um, but then my next two highest scores are 98 and 99. So it would be foolish of me to not recognize how much helping and slash pride or perfectionism slash anger influence how I approach the world, how I respond to the world, how I perceive, process, and present myself. It would be foolish of me to pretend that or ignore that. Those are significantly impacting me. And how do they play together? So at Sandals, we tell you, look at your top three styles, starting with your primary style. That's your primary style. That's your highest number on the assessment. Then what are the next two highest styles? Sometimes your wing might be your next highest style. And that just means that that style significantly plays into you. But in my regard, my seven and my five are two of my three lowest scores. I'm not super motivated by fun or competency. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I am motivated by helping and by doing things, getting things perfect. Yeah. And so if I ignored them and just looked at my seven score, which is like 3.5 out of 100. Yeah. But I ignored the 99.8 of my one score. Yeah. I'm missing a huge part of who I am. So when you're looking at your assessment, your primary style is the highest score on the assessment. Your wing is the highest number to the right or to the left of that. But then we want you to look at your next two highest styles because they're probably a big part of who you are. Yeah, that's um, that's great information. And we had a question for someone who said that they scored 80 or more on five different types, but their two highest were a two and a one. So 
we've had several people along the way who, you know, you just have very high mm-hmm. scores mm-hmm. in a lot. And I think it can be a little overwhelming when you, especially when you factor in like health and unhealth, like mm-hmm. where do you start? Like, yeah, I, I do get that from time to time where it's like all the scores are super high or yeah. a good number of a mark. Yeah. Some of that we answered on the last, last episode. So yeah. if this person's one of their high scores is a one, remember that that high one score can inflate all of the scores. Yes. So sometimes if they're all high, it might be you're unsure of who you are. Yeah. And the Enneagram is a great starting place to start to unpack that. And so I think we had another question where someone said, I haven't taken the assessment. Can I just type myself? Yes. Well, sure. You could. I mean, you know you if you're going through the styles. I think the assessment is valuable Mm -hmm. because I would have said I was a two. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I scored a six and I spent two weeks really thinking about that. And that's when I learned I presented as a two to actually feed, if that makes sense, my six. Like yeah. I'm doing for you yes. so we're secure. Yeah. And when push comes to shove, I am a six. Like I am a guardian, a loyalist, a truth teller. Mm-hmm. That is who I am. And so I do think there's value in the assessment because one of two things will happen. You'll maybe unpack the you that you actually are deep down and give yourself some questions. Why, why am I behaving this certain way? Mm-hmm. Do I not feel safe with who I am? Um, or, you know, figure out like, why did I think I was different than I am? Yeah. Am I really different? Being, being real So why did yourself. it score this? You yeah. know, I think it, I think the assessment is valuable because it gives you some, some real starting places. Mm-hmm. Do you have to do it? Absolutely not. You could look at these and go, oh, I know that's me. However, I know a lot of people, I know a good portion of people, I should say. Um, I know a lot of men that are like, I'm a three. (laughs) For whatever reason, I think it's a very, it's a value for men to be achievers. Yeah. And they'll say I'm a three. And I'm like, I've known you 10 years. (laughs) I would never guess that you were three. Doesn't mean, so then one of two things happens. Why don't I know you? Hmm. Or why don't you know you? Mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. And so I, I think there's value in the assessment. It's ten dollars from Sandals. There are free ones out there. I don't necessarily trust all of them. Um, they're more like a little quiz. They're a little quiz, and and statistically, most of them come out a six. Yeah. <laughs> but I learned this in my training. However, ours does cost ten dollars, which is basically like a venti Starbucks. Yeah, and we um, don't. That's not money. That's for them, right. the that's company that for, we process. Th- that's what we yeah. pay. We're not making money on that assessment. Yeah. That's what it costs for them to process it all, to hold our stuff, to yeah. keep updating it. Yeah. Um, and for all the, the digital media stuff included in having to regenerate thousands. I mean, we have thousands and thousands of people who've taken that from us. Yeah. We go through an Enneagram assessment site. We didn't write the test. We're right. using a test right. that was already created that's deemed to be the most... Um, accurate assessment. So right. I th- I think it's important. But if you if you have super high scores all across the board, to sort of circle back, I mm-hmm. I veered off a little bit. Some of that can be your pretty round, well rounded person. Again, look at your top highest score. Ask yourself some real questions. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm motivated by? You look at the core sin of that. You know if that's an issue in your life when you're mm-hmm. real with yourself mm-hmm. and go from there. Remember, we're not, it's not about the assessment. It's not about the test. 
it's about you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do have a high score, some scores might be elevated. You do the same thing. You look at the top score, your top three scores, and yeah. you, and you go from there. Yeah, that's great. my mom. My mom is like ninety in all nine styles. I'm like mom. <laughs> Uh, you know, and, th- and that's when you ask people to get real with you. Like, yeah. my, you know, I'm like, mom, you're high seven, high nine. I, I won't decide which is the highest for you because it's not our job to type other people. Yeah. But I, I've known my mom my whole life. <laughs> I yes. know that she has a lot of seven and a lot of nine. That's for her to decide. It's a landing place. But I'm like, you're not all nine styles, mom. Yeah. Um, and so I think that if you're super high or you tie, like some people are tied in a lot, that just means that both of those are in the driver's seat for you. Yes. Or if you're super high, pull, like ask your spouse, how do you experience me most mm-hmm. out of this style or this style? It's a great question. Or ask a best friend. Yeah. You know, ask your parent, like, hey, my, here's what my assessment is showing. If you had, if you had to guess, where would you say I primarily present myself and why? And then say, well, here's how I experience you. Do you, you know, and then you bring in community, I think, but you don't bring in community. Here's the thing is, well, I had my husband help me take the test. You should not be doing that because that's where we answer how we think we should for them. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to be true of who you are. Right. You need to take the test on your own. You need to take it as honest, even if it's not what you think you should or shouldn't do. Yeah. That you can, because The goal is not to score a certain way on it. The goal is not to get high scores or low scores or healthy scores. The goal is to get a picture of you Mm -hmm. so that you understand what personal spiritual direction looks like for you. Yeah, that's so good. Such that's great encouragement too to you know ask somebody that you trust and mm-hmm. whose voice you appreciate in your life to kind of speak into that too. So we had a couple questions around kind of the vein of their type and sort of seeking some balance in that. And mm-hmm. I think the question really is is you know as you're navigating your type and trying to pursue health and growth. When you find that you're always coming up against like super high emotions mm-hmm. um, and just this like, you know, kind of roller coaster of feelings, which could be if a four, but um, this person in particular was a one wing nine. Um, just saying in times of like stress, when your emotions come into play and you start to deal with some of this stuff, how can you find like a little bit more balance? And this could go back to the question we talked about in the last episode with really personal spiritual formation. But when your emotions really kind of get high and you sort of feel like you're bouncing mm-hmm. all over the place, like how can you kind of pursue some balance in that? I think, I mean, this particular question is a one wing nine. Yeah. And they say they go to four in stress. The yeah. one goes to the four in stress. Yeah. Um, I think that this is actually true on any of the styles. Mm. I think all of the styles in unhealth or stress are going to go to a certain place. And that's the course of mm. that style. Mm. And so I think all of those is, is knowing what is true mm. and what your style needs to pursue. For me, I get emotional, depressed, and overwhelmed in fear. Mm-hmm. This one is in an envy. Um, yeah. I know that to combat fear, I need to have courage. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that with 
Envy, I need to combat it with gratitude. Mm. So the four is always to pursue. All nine of the styles have what they need to pursue. Yeah. The one needs to pursue grace. The one in anger gets depressed, angry, overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Ones are always to pursue grace for themselves and others. Two is pride. Um, and three is, you know, each of them has... Yeah has that thing so that the three needs to pursue truth because the, the course in is lying. Yeah. yeah. What is the truth about who God says I am? Yeah. What is the truth about what God says about anger and grace? He says he forgives me. The two, why why am I blanking on the two, the helper? Course in is pride. Um what's the, what is it to pursue? <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh, I'm we're a lot of hours in this. Yeah. Um, there's this for everything though, but for yeah. the four it's, um, gratitude and envy to gratitude yeah. for the five. They are in greed. Yeah. They get overwhelmed. Yeah. They need to pursue generosity, generosity. for the mm-hmm. six fear and courage for yeah. the seven, um, gluttony with self-control for mm-hmm. the eight power, with mercy for the nine, laziness with activeness. Mm-hmm. So um, all of them, no matter what your style is, in stress, you're going to go to the dark place. That's why with every single style, and I'm so sorry to the twos. You should, you probably know yeah. what your own is. Yeah. Why can't I think of it? I know, I'm drawing a blank. Humility. Oh. Pride and humility. Okay. Oh. You know, like, I, it's not about me. It's about God. Yes. Serving for God. Yes. Yeah. And so for all of the styles, that's why it says, here's what we're always to be pursuing because mm-hmm. whatever that is, is the antidote to the yes. stress. Yeah. That's so good. Um, and if you've joined us for any of the last nine weeks after each episode um, at Cultivate Women on social media, I know. We don't want to plug social media, but it's good for information. Um, We have done like a series of tiles on each type that talks about, um, you know, what the primary motivation is. Mm, What's mm -hmm. the beauty and brokenness? What's an actual prayer that you can pray to God to sort of help you balance Mm -hmm. that sin Mm -hmm. and that antidote? Um, And then how you can love somebody from that type. So that's a great tool that people can go back and just even that starting Mm -hmm. point for spiritual formation and praying that prayer Mm -hmm. and beginning that work yeah, with God. Yeah, That's a good question. Though. Yeah. Okay, so our last question. Last question. Uh, last question. Um, so this was really great. Um, and the gal who sent this in um, to, to respect her privacy, um, I'm not going to reveal her name or details, but very brave in asking this question. And I think people with this style would really benefit and even um, identify and relate to this. But she says she's a two. Um, She does identify as having a lot of seven and a nine. And she's realizing that she might struggle with some codependency issues. And so she mentions in the context of really um, healthy relationship and references where um, Pastor Matt talks about that type two having a prevalence towards codependency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do you feel about that as the two is really trying to pursue not only being a healthy version of themselves, but being a healthy version of themselves in light of unhealthy relationships? 
Well, I would I would guess that you don't struggle with some codependency. Yeah. Okay, I've talked in the past before about how the different styles can be broken up into um, an interdependent, a dependent, and then an independent. And so the two is going to fall into the um, interdependent part, meaning we we play best with others. Mm. Um, you know, the three, the seven, and the eight, they're, they're independent. Like, I'm I'm going where I want. I don't need you to go there if you want to come. Great. If not. Um, but the two falls into that. So twos tend to be the most codependent because here's here the thing that's our beauty could, is, is always our double-edged sword when we're unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And for the two, that's the helper is twos have just the beauty and the gift of helping others, of seeing needs, seeing how they should be met and knowing ways to do it in a way that no one else does. They go sideways when they have a need to be needed or get a savior complex. Twos tend to be the most codependent of all the styles Mm -hmm. because they find value and identity when they're not healthy in rescuing and helping others. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that you don't struggle with, you might not, it's not that you might struggle with codependency. It's going to be your 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 bend in life to be codependent. Mm. Um, and and here's how your styles might play together. I don't know you, but I'm going to make some guesses. Mm-hmm. You're a helper by nature, which is some of that codependency is going to come into that. The seven is the joyful person, which is going to want to have fun, want to have a good time, but also avoid pain, dealing with someone who is in recovery, initially you'll feel like you're helping, Mm -hmm. but you might not avoid the pain of what needs to happen Mm -hmm. um, because of that seven. And you might want to just go along with it because it's fun and you want to have fun anyway. And the nine's going to avoid conflict and be slow to actually deal with the Mm. issues at hand. So, so your styles by nature are, are, are in this situation probably not to your benefit if you are not careful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, um, I, you know, this, the, I don't necessarily need to know the style of the relationship that you're in to be curious if, if it's a good place for you right now. I think the, the healthiest thing is that you're working on being the healthiest version of you they're working on figuring out what the healthiest version of them is. You cannot help them want that. Mm-hmm. They have to want that regardless of their style. Mm-hmm. So their style is of no importance to me right now. Um, you have to decide, is this healthy for you? Mm-hmm. Or is this situation going to bring out all of your unhealthy tendencies just based on who you are. Mm-hmm. It's such a layered question, mm-hmm. um, but you need to ask yourself, it, it, are you helping by staying and trying to fix or is that going to sink you as well? Mm-hmm. Because when we put ourselves in a situation that just hit and touch on all of our ways that we go sideways, yeah, um, is it not? And is this, you know, codependency just doesn't get anywhere good in the long run. And if you've already gotten yourself emotionally attached to this, probably maybe if you, you, you've been physical, um, that just adds layers to it. So I, I just think you need to think, is this healthy for me? You're not responsible for the health of him unless you're married, which you didn't say that in this. So Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you're not. Um, 
is this what's healthy for you right now? Is it healthy to take a break and you get healthy while they get healthy? Yeah. Um, you need to go to some people in your life and get some wise counsel who know you, who know the situation. I don't know it. I can make some curious guesses like I just did about right. reasons you might dive headfirst into an unhealthy situation yeah. and then avoid the hard and painful and conflict that needs to happen um, because the answer to the situation might not be what you want it to be. Yeah. Um, I can make some guesses based on this, but I don't know you. I don't know the situation. I don't know your age. I don't know their age. I don't know all the complexities. So I think you need to go to people who do, who love you, who you trust, who know the best for you. Um, and that starts first and foremost with getting some alone time with God. Mm putting this before him, asking, being in his word, what does God's word say about this? That doesn't necessarily require a prayer. It's you being in God's word, knowing mm-hmm. what does it say about being unequally yoked? What does it say about um, excess and drinking? What does it say about codependency? You know, what is, I mean, it doesn't address codependency <laughs> directly. Yeah. You know, what, it, what do you already know that you know that you know? Mm. My 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 inclination is that you already know some things just because you're writing this in. Yeah. That maybe you know in your head or your heart in your head, but you don't want to take action on. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I don't know you, so I, I can't give you direction in that. I made some guesses. Only you know if those are hitting close to home or not. But the people yeah. who know you and love you and who, who are going to speak truth to you because they want the best for you, that that's what you need to do. Yeah, that's. I, I wish I could give better question. I, know. I no. you know, I feel for you because no relationship is is without its complexities, and this certainly has it. And I don't think any everybody that has a struggle should just be abandoned. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, but I do think that if you're not married, and and this isn't just this question, anyone like that's a different consideration that you take in what you're doing and that what you're how you move forward with your life. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think, you know, as we move through this series and as you are interacting with these messages, you know, at Sandals Church, there's always people that you can talk to, whether mm-hmm. that's your campus pastor, the prayer teams at your campus. We have amazing soul care Absolutely. teams. So if you are in need of that or you feel like that's a touch point that you need to actually have that one-on-one conversation with somebody to get some support and guidance, you can always go to sandalschurch.com slash next um, and the people at your campus and our um, at our church are happy to help you. I do want to say this, that I, I think it shows— um, a real strength in you that yeah. you're asking, how can I co- become a healthier version of myself? You're addressing that I probably have some codependency issues. Yeah, That is a starting place for mm-hmm. growth. And so I, I love that about you. I'm speaking to you. I'm not going to speak to your boyfriend because again, I don't know him. He's not asking all of that. Yeah. Um, but I think it is important that you're saying how what is the healthiest for me? Because you not being healthy isn't healthy for anyone, right. including boyfriend in this situation. Yeah. And if that situation causes you to be more unhealthy, you know, it's, it's you a vicious see, cycle. Yeah, it's a cycle that yeah. probably isn't going to go where you hope it'd go, or at least not right now. That doesn't mean forever. Yeah. We don't know what God can do. God can redeem all things. Yeah. Maybe and maybe not. And maybe he has something for you to learn through this, some growth for you, some growth for him. Maybe that's together. Maybe it's not. The bottom line is trusting God with your life and your future 
and knowing that he has good things for you as you pursue him. And if if it's not this guy, trusting God that there'll be somewhere else where maybe you are a healthier version of yourself and not codependent and yeah. You know, so many complexities right. there. But I thank you for asking that. And yeah. we're praying for you. Yeah. We're yeah. hopeful for you. Absolutely. This has been so good. Gosh, thank you to all of you that sent in these questions for yeah. being both authentic in the way that you asked them and just open to, to what you can learn and how you can grow. Thanks, Tammy. I Yeah, I, I love answering these questions about the Enneagram at the campuses on here. And I would just ask you guys, you know, part, it's not about the book. The book is our way of trying to help people, like I said, understand how understanding yourself and understanding God is key and pivotal in in personal spiritual direction. And the Enneagram is a tool that we found to be super beneficial for that. Mm-hmm. If that's been true for you, we I just asked, would you recommend these episodes to friends and people in your life? Yeah. Recommend the book potentially if you've gotten a book called You by Matt. Um and well, my heart, and you know this, Tiff, my heart mm-hmm. is for people to be emotionally and spiritually and relationally and personally healthy. Yes. The Enneagram is a great tool for that. It's not the end all. No. Yeah. Like I said, we take the assessment, we get real with who we are, we put it aside and we we know what we need to know. You yeah. know, we know how to pursue God. We know what his words we need to cling to. I mm-hmm. need to cling every single day to do not be afraid. Yeah. To don't let sin in my anger. <laughs> yeah. I've sinned in some anger. Yeah. You know? to have grace for others. I know now I'm clinging to Jesus. I'm not clinging to the Enneagram. Right. You know, so right. so if this, and, and so many people want to be better. They want to be healthier. We're the healthiest version of ourselves when we understand who we are in Jesus mm-hmm. and we accept him. Some of these conversations might be opportunities for you to start spiritual because the Enneagram can help you, but only Jesus saves. Yes. Start spiritual conversations. So if you can recommend these episodes, recommend the book, start these conversations um that i that's just my hope that that we can have a community of people that are living in a healthy place inspiring mm-hmm. others to do the same mm-hmm. um and just that that we're all better for it so yeah. thank you guys so much for listening to this series i hope it's been helpful if you guys could just go on to however you're listening to this podcast and read it because that's how it gets to the forefront for other people to listen about it. And there's a million podcasts out there. Not all of them are super helpful in the way that this has potential to be helpful Mm -hmm. and life-giving to people. So if you guys could just take a few minutes to do that, that would be so great. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cultivate Podcast. If you were encouraged by what you heard today, we kindly ask you to share this episode through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Then tell a friend. We'd love our conversation to help you start your own. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and leave a review. We love hearing what you think and we know others will too. Cultivate Women exists to help women like you grow spiritually wise in a community of kindness. If you attend Sandals Church, join us as we live out what we're learning on the weekends by using our weekly reflection guide. This is written by women for women so that you can cultivate the truth of God's word into your life. Find it every Monday at cultivate.sc discussion.
You can keep up to date on all things Cultivate by following Cultivate Women on Instagram and Facebook or by visiting our website at cultivate.sc. Because Cultivate is just one piece of the ministry at Sandals Church, be sure to find our current and archived sermons from Pastor Matt Brown at sandalschurch.tv or go to sandalschurch.com to visit a campus near you. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Debrief Podcast where Pastor Matt is giving real answers to tough questions from the Bible. Find it at debrief.show or wherever you find your podcasts. Friends, until we meet again, here or in person, remember, cultivate kindness. Thank you.